15 minutes, oh God, Lord, I, Lord, I ask, will you answer some questions for them? Father God, will you pour out your love upon them, oh God? Will you lead and guide in the loving way that you always do? In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. You might hear some banging and crashing. That's not your kids, all right? So you don't do worry about that. I think it looks like they're working up on the railway lines up there, so there's diggers and stuff up there. So, so promise your kids are safe in the well. They're doing, having fun. <laughs> there was an evangelist called Gypsy Smith, and he was born on the outskirts of London in the 1860s, and, and he didn't have a formal education, he, but, but uh, towards the end of his life, he was become a lecturer at Harvard University, and, and despite his humble beginnings, uh, Gypsy was used mightily by God and by the power of the Holy Spirit in his, in his life. And uh, Gypsy Smith was become a, a man who shared the gospel to millions of people, and and he crisscrossed the, the Atlantic Ocean to visit America for about 45 times, uh, even way back then. And, and he never, ever preached a message or sermon where someone didn't say yes to Jesus. This man, this, this, this uneducated person, Gypsy Smith, was used powerfully by God. And everywhere he went, he seemed to like, uh, the, the results of wherever he went seemed to be like revival was on his heels. It was like following him. It was, it was being manifested in front of him there. And, but it wasn't, here's the thing, it wasn't his amazing uh, preaching that brought revival. Uh, it, because the truth is preaching may move the hearts of man, but prayer moves the heart of God. Prayer moves the heart of God. And that's where revival comes from. And, and Gypsy was asked one day, he was asked one day by, by some people following him and who wanted to know, it's almost like sometimes people always want to know the secrets of how to do that, right? You know? uh, and, and someone asked him once, like, so how, what do you do? How does this all work? Uh, how do you make such a difference in the lives of people? And his answer was real simple. It was so simple, but it was profound. And this is what he said, and you'll see it in your, in your notes today, and you can go and check this afterwards, but, but Gypsy said this. He told every person to go home, get on your knees, take a piece of chalk, and draw a circle. And he said, draw a circle. And he said, once you've drawn this circle, to pray passionately, fervently, in, in the broken sense that we are of humanity. And he, and he prayed and he cried out to God and said, go home, do this, draw a circle, and then start to pray that God would start a revival within the circle. Start a revival in this circle. Thank God that we would be people that would cry out to you, Lord. That we would pray, God, would you start with me? Start with everything in my circle. Reveal things, but stir us. Stir us with a, a heart for 
more of God and for, for more of His Spirit, for what He's doing in our world and for, and for lost people. And see, the thing is, the truth is this, is that, that revival, our walk with God, it always starts with us. It always starts with me. I can't do it for you. Neither can the person beside you. We are all called to walk our own journeys. And if you forget everything I say today, I want you to remember chalk and to draw a circle, to go home today, draw a circle. If you're serious about about following the Lord and understanding the power that He gives us to walk and to journey through life, go home and draw a circle and pray to God, God, would you start with me? Start with me. See, the dictionary means this. Revival means to restore to life to regain life or strength, and to renew strength. Revival means to restore, regain, and renew. Uh, It's a restoration of life and and energy and and strength for the plans and purposes that God has for you in your life. And and the thing I love about the biblical definition of restoration is it's not like the TV shows where they bring something old and they give it a new paint job and and they fix a couple of parts and they paint the the barn doors again and they they make it look really nice. The biblical restoration is making it better than what it was before. It may be new, but God makes things new, new. (laughs) It's like you might feel like it's brand new, but God takes what was maybe broken and he restores it to not just new, but new, new. That must be a South African thing, isn't it? Like now, now, new, new. That's what it could be. He makes it better than what it was. And here's the thing, that's your life. That's my life. That's my relationships, your relationships. When I come to God and say, God, start a revival in my circle, believing in my heart that He will restore, that I will regain my strength, that I will be renewed. He makes us better than what we were before. And, but here's the thing, I understand that in this room here, maybe your experience with church or things of the Holy Spirit is being something that makes you uncomfortable right now. You're kind of squirming in your seat right now. Because I, I've, I've been in church my whole life and I've, I've seen the side of, of people where they love swinging from the chandeliers and they, they run around barking like chickens and falling over and all of those kind of things. Wonderful. But for some, some people have seen that and thought, oh, that's... I I don't want to lose control. That makes me uncomfortable. I want you to get into this month and journey through and learn for yourself. Get into the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing. The the Bible says that, that Jesus promises to, to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I want to say this, that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. He will not force himself uh, upon your life. or feel, He will not force himself into your life in the fullness uninvited. He won't do that. He will fill you, but only if you ask him to. In fact, James tells us, the book of James tells us that the reason we do not have certain things is because we haven't asked for them. 
So, so can I encourage you to, to boldly go before God and daily ask Him to fill you with His Spirit? Ask expecting to receive. And, and don't be double-minded. Don't, don't allow uh, lies and, and the myths on the, the past experiences to stop you from experiencing the loving, living God in a fresh and new way today. Don't let it stop you. And, and, and it, it's, it's simple, like, like all it's, it's basic and it's, it's, it's easy like this. The first thing is to desire the gift of the Holy Spirit, the, ba- the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like, God, I want it. God, God I, I desire it. Have that desire in your heart. The second thing is to receive it. Expect to receive it. That, God, I receive the gift that you have for me. And the third step is just to believe that you have received that gift because God has the gift for you. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He is faithful to fulfill his word whenever anyone steps out in faith. So so ask. Let's ask and, and receive that that joy might be full in our lives. See, gifts cannot be forced on anyone. Gifts cannot be forced on anyone. They must be offered by the giver, which they are, by God, and then received by those to whom they are given. See, God makes the offer of his spirit to each one of us, so all we need to do is take a big, deep breath and relax and go on the exciting journey, the adventure of knowing God in our lives. I've got a few thoughts this morning, and the first one is this, is that the Holy Spirit is a gift the Father promised. The first word, it's a P word, promise. So we can all remember this, promise. It's a gift that the Father has promised us. And and, and have you ever waited for something so long that was promised to you that sometimes it just seemed to take, seemed to like roll out and take long, take long? When Denise and I were going out many years ago, we were courting, if you like, dating is another word for that, and we, we've been going out for about two years, and, and we decided we, that we were going to get married, and, and we, uh, we went and bought a ring uh, together, and I, I gave Denise this promise that I was going to give her this ring, but I wanted to find, as good males probably do, to find the right moment, the special moment, right? That's what we do. And, and so I took the ring home, and I, I hid it uh, in my drawer, and, and, and one month went past, and two months went past, and Denise was, Denise was so impatient. She was... <laughs> So impatient that, that when, I, when, she, when she was come over to our house, she would sneak through my things to try and find it. And, and she would find it and she would take it out and try it on and then put it back. So thinking that I didn't know, but I did, uh, that she was trying it on. And, 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 but I, I promised this ring to her and then three months later, I was still looking for the right moment, you know, the, the special moments. And it might have been four, but I can't quite remember. But, but at the Hamilton Gardens, in the little white pavilion, I popped the question to her. I gave her this, and she, all her dreams come true in one falsehood. It was just, it's amazing. And I'm glad to say that she did say yes, followed by a quick, why did it take so long? Why did it take so long to ask? You know what, I, I think, I think God is, is, is a bit the same sometimes. I've got a gift here for you, and, 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 and it's a promise from me, from the Heavenly Father to us. All you have to do is ask. 
Sometimes we take a while. Sometimes we, 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 we do it quickly, but, but, but sometimes all we have to do is ask is, is because to receive the promise, to receive the gift, we have to ask for it and to receive it. And, and I think God is waiting because he has a very special gift for each one of us, a gift that will strengthen you, a gift that will empower you, a gift that will give you great coverage, a gift that will give you great boldness and power to face every day with a fresh perspective and a sense of confidence and comfort. All you have to do is ask for this gift of the Holy Spirit that He has promised you. Remember it? Desire it to receive the gift, to believe that we have received the gift. Psalm 119 verse 50, it says this, Your promise revives me and it comforts me in all my troubles. The second thought is, is that, that in the story of, 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 of Acts, and it was an amazing story, the second thought was this. It was, the Holy Spirit was given to give us power to be His witness. And, and have you ever thought about what a witness means? What, what does it mean to be a witness? And, and probably you're the same as me. You immediately think to court cases and where witnesses are called. because, And the reason that witnesses are called because they've seen some events and they, they've been asked to come and testify about what they've seen, about what they've experienced. A, a witness gives an account that is true and accurate to certain events that had taken place. And, and I want to encourage you to, to jump into the book of Acts this week, and especially Acts chapter 2. And, and there's a, one of the characters there is Peter. And Peter paints a great picture here of, of what's happening. And, and here, here's the rundown. Uh, See, so Jesus has just ascended to heaven, and, and, and it's the day of Pentecost where there's a bunch of people been waiting for, for this gift of the Holy Spirit to come. And the Holy Spirit comes and fills a bunch of people. And, and, and immediately the like the people living around or there's a crowd builds up and they're wondering what's going on because there's, a, there's these people that have just received the Holy Spirit and they're, they're speaking in different languages and, and things. And, and so Peter sees what's kind of happening and he talks to the crowd and because the crowd said, what's going on with these people? Are they drunk? Peter says, they're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. You can read it for yourself. And Peter, as he's talking to the crowd, he starts to, to tell the crowd, he starts to testify of what he has seen because he's been a witness to what's, what's happening and what's going on, but he started with Jesus. He, he's talking to the crowd and he says, this is really what is happening. Jesus Christ was crucified and he died, died on a cross. He was buried. And Peter's like, I'm a witness to this. This is what I saw happen. And he starts to keep telling the story of what he's seen, what he's witnessed, what, what, what has happened. And Peter says, but you know what? He died. He was buried, but he didn't stay there. On the third day, he rose again. Uh, we've seen him. He, he's popped up every now and again. And that's literally true. If you read through the Acts, he, he, Jesus reveals himself. And he reveals himself to many people. People have seen it. They've witnessed it. The end of the story comes as, as Peter's witnessed and testified to what he's seen. The Bible says that, that over 3,000 people said yes to Jesus in one day. Why? Because what Peter had said, what he'd witnessed and testified, saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Jesus come. He, he, Peter was quoting what the prophet Joel talked about, where my spirit will be poured out on all flesh. And that was what was happening in, in that situation. And the Holy Spirit, here's the thing, Peter was a witness to all of these events, and the Holy Spirit says this, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be his witnesses and to confidently, courageously. It's, it's, like, it's like so that you can testify to what God has done in your life. He gives you, you courage and power to, to testify, to be a witness to what I, I, I was. I had a sore back. I had pain in my back. But God come and he healed my back. Power to testify. Power to be a witness. Like my, my relationship was broken and I didn't know if it was going to happen. It, it was going to come together, whether we we're going to find forgiveness or restoration. But I stand here today. Uh, I, I'm a witness to the fact that God restores relationships and he heals. Holy Spirit, I, I believe this is really powerful for, for, for some people here in this room. Just, just the power to be a witness. What is that? It's to tell of what God has done in your life. To not stay silent. To not keep it quiet. But to simply, this is what God has done for me. I know if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. The Holy Spirit will give you power to be his witnesses. The third and final thing is, is this, and team, you could come right now, is, is what did the Holy Spirit produce in, in people in that, uh, right at that moment from Acts chapter 2? Well, it was they, were de they devoted themselves. There was produce. They produced something, the Holy Spirit, in their lives. And in Acts chapter 2, 42, it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believed, believers were together and had everything in common. They devoted themselves to, to digging deeper into the Word of God to the teaching of, of the Word of God, that it may transform their lives. The, the whole, some of the signs of people who, who, who believed and accepted this gift of the Holy Spirit, that they had a passion for the Word of God. They dig deeper. They, they looked into it even more. They devoted themselves to gathering, to, to being together as this community of, of Christ. And they devoted themselves to prayer. You, you know what? I, I think if we could all all start this, this next week with those three things of devoting ourselves to the teaching and the Word of God, to devoting ourselves to gathering with others where we can find freedom, to devoting ourselves to prayer or communicating with God. I think, I know that our lives could be turned around. I was out running really early this morning. I haven't run for a long, long time. As I was trying to run back up my famous hill that kind of gets me every time, I felt the Lord was speaking to me about rhythm. I hadn't run for a while, but I actually found it was fairly okay to run. And coming to my hill, I kind of got into a stride and I managed to just keep going up the hill. And the Lord was speaking to me about rhythm. And I think this is what he was trying to say. Is if you and I could begin and start afresh a new rhythm in what it is to walk in the Holy Spirit by faith, that things, life, 
you might just find a little bit more empowerment and strength as you deal with situations that come. He's not saying that that things aren't going to go, that everything is going to go right. No, we are human. We live in a world that is broken. And and so we are going to have struggles and we are going to have battles. But here's the thing. If we were to step into a new rhythm, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us, if we were to invite Him in, now He will give us strength and courage and boldness to face whatever we come against. A new rhythm. Maybe that's for you today. It's just a God, like starting right here, right now. I'm going to choose to step into a new rhythm, a a new stride with you. The thing about rhythms is this, is that rhythms are generally consistent. Rhythms, like your heart has a rhythm. There's a beat of your heart. And I just sense that today for some, that some you are going to know what it is to, to walk into a new rhythm of the Holy Spirit in your life. Like a new beat of your heart. I can't do it for you. The person next door to you can't do it for you. It's a gift that the promise was promised from the Father to each one of us. You have to ask for it. You have to receive it. Why don't you close your eyes right now? We're going to close in a few minutes. It's been an incredible presence of the Lord here in this place today. And my prayer is, my goal is, is that you would take your next step in your journey with God, your, your faith, whatever that looks like. And you might say, Daryl, I don't know what my next steps are. Well, here's a few that I reckon, like, it all starts with knowing God. First thing is saying yes to Jesus. The second Second thing is that, that Jesus, when we have, uh, know what it is to live our lives for God, when we surrender our lives, when we are saved as a part of the children of God and His kingdom. And second step is to be water baptized. It's like Jesus did it. He sets us a great model. It's a significance of, of being buried with Him and but rising up anew and fresh, like a brand new life. The old is past, the old is gone, and we rise up. Being water baptized is a public declaration of what God has done in your life. Thirdly, it's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I just believe that's a, that's a great stepping stone for each one of us. If you want to know the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you in your life. So whatever step you are along the way, I believe that that there's opportunities and today, and, I, and I'm going to give an opportunity right now. If you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm going to do that right now. But water baptism, if that's your next step, love you to fill out a Connect card. There's, there's a water baptism at the end of the month. Like, like, let's just let's just do this. Let's just get on with our our journey with all. Let's 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 show our love towards Him. If that's your step, you fill that card in. And tonight, tonight we have our revival night. So if you have 
never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or you just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life, come on, why don't you come out tonight? We're going to be praying and believing that God is going to do something there in people's hearts and lives. But, but if you're here this morning and you're at step number one, this is the good news, the story where Jesus died on a cross for you and for me. He took our sin, He took our pain and our shame upon His very own body that we may know what it is to be free, to live our lives in freedom. And when Jesus died, He was buried and He rose again three days later, conquering the power of sin and death over our lives. He, he reigned victorious and gives us that gift of, of salvation that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, and here's what I'm gonna do this morning. If, if you're here this morning and say, Darrell, I've never got to step number one. Well, here's step number one. I'm gonna pray a real simple prayer this morning. And, and if that's you, I, I just wanna invite you to pray this prayer after me silently in your heart. Pray this. Pray, dear God, today I choose to give you my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I believe you died and you rose again that I might be free. So Lord, today I surrender my, my will into your hands. I give you my life. Today I step over a line and choose to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And just lastly, wave your eyes still closed. Every head is bowed. I'm not gonna embarrass anybody, not gonna call anyone out. But if you just said yes to Jesus right then, and I'm just going to count to three real quick. And, and if you said yes to Jesus, really meant it in your heart on three, all I want you to do is slip your hand up. It's like being bold, being faithful. Yeah, I, I did. I've, my life has changed today on three. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hand now if you said yes to Jesus. See that hand down the back. Anyone else saying yes to Jesus today? Today I give you my life. I go, Hallelujah. Praise your name, I go. See that other hand there too. Hallelujah. Praise your Father. I thank you for, for everything you're doing and Lord in our hearts and lives and in our world. I go, Father, I pray today, Lord, for these, these hands that represent someone you love that you died for, oh God, that they may be free and, and know what it is to live their lives, Father God, in liberty with you. So Lord, I praise you. I thank you. I give you all the glory in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Come on, can we give a big round of applause to those hands? Just so good. Hallelujah. Well done.